Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I had a reader request about his toddler, who is very sweet, happy little child, but does not want to eat as many things as he used to eat, and uh, they are worried that he's not eating enough and of enough variety, and are there ways to increase the variety of what he eats? So I can certainly speak to that. Other people have asked that before, Um, but if you would like me to do this and other controversial topics. I mean, I'm I'm laughing, but it's it's not funny. Like picky eating. If you talk about picky eating now, it's like more controversial than me saying that women should have sex uh, within marriage, which somehow is also controversial. I mean, the controversial level of what goes on today is beyond me. But somehow it's become very uh, controversial. So if you'd like me to keep tackling these hard hitting topics, uh, then please do subscribe so that you can hear all of the other topics that I tackle on a regular basis, many of which are un-PC. Apparently, this is an un-PC one because of the anger. And if you're a man, half my listeners are men. You, Well, I mean, if you're a man married to a woman, then you do know this probably. But the idea that kids should do anything they don't want to, as I've discussed so frequently, is a major... Um, Uh, touchstone of controversy in today's parenting groups. So the idea that anybody would ever try to uh, change a picky eater, except very secretly using, um, they're now actually consultants for picky eating. It's hilarious. So like whatever I tell you here is what they do, but they like smile a lot more and you pay them. Um, But Anyhow, this is like a major uh, controversial idea to ever make a kid do anything they don't want to do, which is why parents feel trapped like prisoners in their own lives, ruled by the whims of a tyrant king that is like two years old and that doesn't want to be a tyrant and isn't a tyrant, but the parents are too terrified to ever tell them to do anything. Um, So if, uh, again, if you would like me to keep on talking about these, to keep going there, that used to be the tagline of Degrassi, uh, Degrassi. Grassy high, it goes there because <laughs> it would talk about sex and stuff like that, and like children dealing with like real world concerns. So, if you'd like me to keep going there, then please do subscribe so that you can hear all of these interesting, uh, mind bending topics. <laughs> all right, so picky eating with your toddler. So, many people um, experience this sort of anxiety. I would say it goes without saying it's your first kid. Um, I would imagine, I'd be shocked if it wasn't, because then you start to feel like they're going to starve to death if they don't eat as much as they ate when they were a baby. They were growing super much. Remember this. As they get bigger, as they become a toddler from a baby, they have to eat less because they're not growing as fast. They used to grow really, really fast. Remember what they were like as a newborn, then like six months and a year? They stop, they trail off as a toddler in how fast they grow. So this alone is useful information for most people because they don't have to eat as much as you think they do. So um, they 
you're not allowed to say this anymore, but shh, don't tell anybody. They do eat when they're hungry. Don't don't share that one. Um, they do. Like that, people are like, what about the kid with sensory issues that would starve to death if they didn't get chicken fingers? Listen, I've not seen that. You know that that is nothing that I've seen. What I've seen is a parents buy chicken fingers. The kid likes the chicken fingers, and if they make us think, they get the chicken fingers. This is um, pretty pretty uh, easy to understand behaviorally. There are certainly children that do not like the texture of certain foods. They usually do not like them because they have not been exposed to them frequently enough and they have too many other options. Nothing has to be everybody's favorite, but this whole picky eating epidemic was never really um, an issue a couple generations ago. You know, so nobody has grandparents that say, you know, there was this one time my sister starved to death because we were all eating around the dinner table and she refused to eat anything ever and then she just died. No, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen now either, quite honestly, because as I said, the kid eat when, eats when they're hungry. But um, it, it didn't even used to be an idea that people would have different foods at dinner. So the first thing to do is to get rid of this idea because having the kid eat separately the whole day you're following them around. Um, do you want to cut up grape? Oh, no. Okay. Well, do you want this uh, biscuit? No. Oh, all right. Well, then how about do you want this sl- apple slice? No. Okay. So the whole day you're saying basically the world is your smorgasbord. I can't, my I exist to feed you tiny tidbits of things that you love to eat more than other tiny tidbits of other things at that given moment based on your whim. Check me out. I have 15 Ziploc bags of all of these things in my purse because I'm a great mom. And I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm joking around. I'm not accusing anybody of being like a crazy parent. This is what our culture does to us. This is like normal. Like if you are go to a mom's group and you don't have like two types of snacks available, you know, then you're going to feel like a weirdo. But just because something is, has taken over everybody's brain does not mean that you have to drink the Kool-Aid, right? So if you're, the more choices your kid gets for food, the more they're going to pick. They're not a moron. Like they get to pick. You give them 20 options. Think about it. If you, basic social psych research shows this is true. So you don't even have to think about it. But the more options, the more unhappy people are with their choices and the more they regret them. They've done studies that show if you offer somebody 30 kinds of cereal and they pick one and then they rate how good it was, they rate it lower than if they had two types of cereal to choose from or three, I forget. Because they're thinking, oh my God, I made such a bad choice. There could have been all those other better flavors. And you know this if you've ever gone to one of those ice cream stores with like one million flavors, you know, and then you're always like, man, I I really should have tasted the other one first. I really should have stood there like even more of a dick and like tasted like a hundred of them while the line backs up behind me because I then could have gotten the perfect experience for my taste buds and now I deeply regret it. So these are obviously hashtag first world problems. Um as are so many of the ones I discuss. But the point is here, the more choices your kid has, the more unhappy and difficult they are going to be with what they eat. Also, as I said, if the whole day they are getting their special foods on their special schedule, then of course they think it's all about what they like. That's the whole point. However, how do you counter this family dinner and family meals? We all eat the same thing at the same time, and that's a positive time for our family. Right, So if dinner time is mommy, daddy, and your toddler eating all together and he gets a little plate of what you eat, 
this is what I've done always with my children. And um, there's no, I don't eat this because it's not in the culture. People are so big on accepting cultures, right? And different cultures. So nobody would say that you would go into um, a Japanese home where they are eating sushi. And uh, instead, everybody should have matzo ball soup because that's a Jewish culture thing. Like that would be considered like super bad for somebody to try to inflict their culture on somebody else's culture. It's understood that children grow up eating whatever their culture eats and that that is normal and they don't have to be offered things from other cultures because that's culturally, you know, what their, this is their culture. You see my point, obviously. So make your own family culture. Whatever the hell you eat is your family culture. That's your family meal. So if you and your, uh, spouse are eating tacos, the baby gets a little taco. If you're eating a salad, the baby gets a little salad, etc., etc., etc. This stops you from being a short order cook. There doesn't have to be chicken strips, chicken nuggets, whatever the hell you're eating um, that you mentioned that the baby doesn't eat anymore. Just they get a little version of what you eat. And if it takes them two days to not eat much, guess what? Homeostasis. They're going to make up for it by eating more the next couple of days. So at uh, 2017, my family went vegan. My daughter alerted me to the animal issues and the ethical issues with it. And I looked it up and she's lo and behold, correct. And I should have looked into it more honestly. Previously, there's... um, I now this is a tangent. I myself was a highly sensitive kid, not raised in an environment where that was um, good. And so when I brought up the animal cruelty, as so many highly sensitive kids do, I was told to be quiet. And there was really no option <laughs> on exploring that further. So then when my kid comes to me, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, look into this again. And lo and behold, factory farming, etc., etc. And she's pretty much correct from my perspective. So we became ethical vegans, right? And did my kids ever skip a meal? No. (laughs) Like, we ate dinner. Dinner is what I make for dinner. We eat dinner. If you don't eat dinner, you're going to be hungry. So you eat dinner. There's not problems with eating dinner. Just like there's no problems with kids usually eating their lunch at school because it's their only option. Just like there's not problems with kids eating lunch when they go to boarding school or usually to another person's house or to grandma's house for Thanksgiving or whatever. When there is one option, kids eat it. Do they eat everything on their plate every time? No. Should they? Probably not because most parents put too much on the plate out of anxiety that the kid will be hungry. So the other, so when I'm talking about these people that get paid to tell you the advice that I do, they may dress it up a little bit more. So they say, well, we're going to do, people get paid money for this. So if anybody's looking for a career change, what we're going to do is we're going to introduce some new foods that build on the foods that Jimmy already eats. And we're going to do it in a super positive environment. And basically what they do is create a culture where we eat new foods. Now, this sometimes parents have to look in at their own behavior because they are very picky eaters. Most picky eaters come from picky eater parents. So when the kid says, no, I don't want to eat this, the parent thinks, oh, well, I don't want to do what I don't want to do either. So, you know, I get it. And instead they don't think, 
what in my life doesn't go well because I'm so picky in various regards? I saw um, a synonym on one of these websites. I was just Googling to make sure these people exist and I didn't uh, have a, a dream about them and that they actually are real because I think somebody mentioned them to me in a session once getting a picky eating consult for the kid. Um, anyway, it's also called anxious eating. So that is great. I hope that it really starts to become anxious eating because as a term, because it's true. It goes with anxiety. And as I said in my picky eating metaphorical podcast about how picky eating is bad for your relationship, the picky eating people that I see, it always goes along with picky about many other things, including, guess what, sex, another physical activity that requires texture. So, you know, if you do not... Um, if you want your kid to stop being a picky eater, but you yourself are saying, no, I don't know if I want Italian tonight. I don't know. This this thing, this is like a major source of contention for people. I've never really understood it. And I'll tell you why, because I was a super picky eater, raised by a picky eater that magically, by the way, was not a picky eater when uh, my parent was younger. Because it wasn't an option in that generation. <laughs> so they ate everything. And then all of a sudden, as an adult, decided, ah, you know what? I'm just going to eat like three things. So, of course, then my picky eating was um, reinforced. Oh, okay. So you'll only eat this and this. Well, then fine. So I myself as a child, when I got older, like about, you know, elementary school age, middle school age, I was like, this is terrible. I don't want to be a picky eater. I can never fit in. I'm going to teach myself to eat everything. So that's why it's so ironic that now I'm an ethical vegan because I'm somebody who taught themselves to eat literally anything and now I will eat literally anything that's vegan <laughs> only but um and my kids too will eat basically anything now my oldest when I was a more anxious parent she had a problem with grapes because she didn't like the texture so so I'm like oh my she has she has a she has a preference put it on a throne it's a preference let's dress it up in a robe because it's a preference of an oldest child oh my god I have to um do it obviously didn't occur to me I could of course keep giving her grapes um, but I didn't and so guess what she never ate them again and in fact developed this like whole thing they're so disgusting well guess who ate grapes the other week because I said to her hey guess what you know if you go somewhere you know what's in fruit salad grapes you know what's rude leaving shit on your plate you know when somebody gives you a portion of something don't be like weird you gotta like fit in eat people's food you know so she went and she ate some grapes and she looked a little grossed out. And then she's like, hey, look, I did it. I did it. I ate them. I said, good job. And so thus a phobia was eradicated. And sometimes, you know, as kids get older, they'll understand this. Oh, don't be picky. People kind of don't like that. People like people who go with the flow. People like people who can eat at any restaurant. But going back to the thing, when people are like, oh, my wife, I'll... so many guys say this. It's so funny. There must be guys that act like this, but I never hear about it. But guys will be like, I'm always asking her where we're going to eat. And she says, anywhere you want. But then I say Italian, she says no. Then I say Indian, she says no. Then I say Japanese, she says no. And then I say all of these things and she says no. Well, guess who's perpetuating the picky eating with your kid? I'll give you no guesses. It's her. She's so picky, right? And like, what is even going on with that? Like, that should be a podcast in and of itself. If nobody should be wasting the one life that they get arguing about what to eat. Directly communicate. The one who's the pickier can just say, I will only eat this sandwich. So so we can be done forever because I will only eat this sandwich every single night and I will take this sandwich in my purse and eat it covertly while you can enjoy a range of other cuisines. And or I could just like 
eat shit at restaurants and focus on the atmosphere and the date, which is, of course, what I would say is the healthier, more flexible, more relationship-friendly way to operate. So the number one thing, as I always say, is kids don't do what you say, they do what you do. So if there is any culture of pickiness or putting your preferences on a pedestal at home by either of the parents, then what's the kid going to learn? The same stuff. They're not stupid. They learn what to do from you. So if you want to get rid of picky eating, eradicate any picky eating in your house. Have it a culture that we try new foods all the time. Constantly we try new foods. Whatever's on the plate, mommy or daddy made for us and we eat it and you say, this is great to your wife if she cooked it and she says, this is great to you if you cooked it and then the baby learns to say, this is great too because this is what my kids say because they hear somebody say it, you know, and also you can also say that. You can say, say thanks for dinner. They say, thanks for dinner. Parents, again, this so wraps up into all of my other podcasts about parents who let their kids treat them badly. There's so many parents feed their kids things. Not only do they feed them what they eat themselves, they like make a special meal. They hand it to the kid and the kid has a complaint. What? Like, that's so rude. You say, thank you so much, mommy, for making me this special food. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, if you go out of your way to cook a special meal, at the very least should be a lot of appreciation from a child at the age that they can speak. But um, anyhow, and that should be for, by the way, for cooking at all, because you don't have to do that. Like you could sit and eat cereal in front of the television, but you are getting up and making a nice meal for your family. Then everybody should say thank you so much. And if they don't know how, then you cultivate that. You say, oh, I made you this food. So please say thank you. And that's teaching manners. That will be very hard for anybody, by the way, with low self-esteem that was raised by, uh, you know, in a home where they were taught never to have any needs or never to think too highly of themselves. They will have a lot of difficulty telling a child to be nice to them, but you need to start now. Otherwise, your child's going to turn into a raging narcissist and you need to value yourself and respect yourself and your efforts and then teach your child. Say, thank you for this meal. You don't have to love the meal. Who asked you? You know, this is uh, nutritious food. Eat it. This is our meal. We enjoy our meal together. The major thing, by the way, isn't the food. It's the conversation and us all being together as a family. And don't give them snacks, by the way, very pragmatically. Do not constantly. This is the funniest thing. People are like, oh, my God, my child didn't eat dinner. I'm so scared. They're going to die. They're going to starve. Oh, when when did they last? When is dinner? Dinner is 6 o'clock. When did they last finish their snacks? Oh, they finished their snacks at five. When did they start their snacks? At two. <laughs> They've been eating. They have been eating all afternoon. Unless they are being fattened up to be a veal, there is no need for this. How in the hell is a two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, any year-old body going to be hungry for dinner if they're eating the whole afternoon? I'm not. You know, let's just be reasonable. So we need to cut down some of the snacks. I look at pictures of my oldest daughter when she was a baby. Her face at some point got completely round because I was overdoing all of the snacks out of this anxiety that for one moment in her life she could experience a hunger pang. Don't be scared of hunger. Nobody's, we're not talking about actual hunger here. We're talking about a hunger pang that indicates to the body a very healthy need to eat. There are children, I believe, that come uh, of age never having experienced a hunger pang and then being completely dissociated from the basic uh, feelings within their body because their parents have never let them go without a snack for long enough that they experience a hunger pain. So anyway, if you want the real practical advice as a TLDR from everything I've told you, dinner is a whole bunch of food that everybody eats some of. 
you know, on their plate, right? So the so the kid gets the same thing as you. Don't stress about what off of that plate they eat. All of it should be nutritious. If you're serving it, it should be nutritious. And they eat. And if they don't eat, they don't eat. If afterwards they're hungry, they get some more of dinner because that's what dinner is. It's the last meal. If you're snacking constantly after dinner, this is not good. In general, this is usually comfort eating. So you got to get rid of that at some point. It's also real bad for your teeth. You know, to be eating all night, usually that means, and I know this from growing up in this kind of house, that the toothbrushing gets endlessly delayed because the kid is eating and eating and eating, and then frequently kids don't even brush their teeth at night. So they're going to sleep, having got snacks and snacks and snacks and snacks after dinner. So, and then not brushing their teeth, which leads to dental problems. It did for me. It does for a lot of kids. So if you want to make it kind of basically a three meal a day and one snack or two snacks because it's a little toddler house, you can do that. And then the kid will actually be hungry for meals. And the entire point of meals is to come together as a family and eat together. The same thing. That is what a family meal is. And if you make that the culture, you stop stressing about the kid getting the protein or whatever. Kids, if, if they are exposed to food enough times, they will eat it and they will not even think about it. It will be an obvious thing. Just like they don't decide, people don't tell me, you know, my child decided that they're going to sleep on the table because, you know, it's an option. No, it isn't. They sleep in their bed. That is the furniture allotted for their sleep. There's no kids that are wrapping themselves up and sleeping on the dining room table, unless, of course, they saw a parent try it. And then, much like picky eating, they would decide that seems fun, and I will do it myself. So if either you or your spouse are picky eating, stop. Everybody eat the same thing together and make family meals a thing. And I promise you that this will become less of a problem in your household if you can stick to it during the two days that your kid doesn't eat very much for dinner. And after that, their body says, oh, I'm hungry. Got to store up more and they will eat the food. That's kind of how it goes. It goes like that for me. It goes like that for many parents. It used to go like that for generations. Millions and millions of people did not ever cook special meals for their kid. Their kid ate some more of the things that they like and some less of the things that they didn't and overall ate with the family at night. I've also worked, by the way, with kids who do have special needs, started coming, uh, eating five things, ended up eating all the things, dozens and dozens and dozens of things, just because those were not offered. Because when a kid says that they don't like it a couple of times and does the anxious eating where they won't try it, where they act like they have a gag and all these things, then the parents decide never to do it again. Much like any other fear, that's what perpetuates it and keeps it going, is when you let a child's fear dictate what they try. Don't ever let a kids fear dictate what they try. People could have preferences. You could like one thing more than another, but if a food scares you, then that needs to be treated like a phobia. And you could find one of these picky eating people. You could go to a child psychologist, or you could try to use these principles of exposure therapy yourself, cultivate a positive, um, happy, we try everything. We have meals with multiple ingredients, um, culture in the home, everybody stop doing their own picky eating in front of the kid at, or probably at all and try new things constantly acting as though it's the same as your kid has a swimming phobia if your kid has a swimming phobia you don't stop taking them into the pool you go to the pool more 
and more. You start small and you get bigger with what they do at the pool. Anyway, I hope that this helped you and I hope it helps some other people. And um, I hope that you subscribe because of this and other hard-hitting topics that I, uh, you know, fearlessly tackle on the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Bye-bye, guys.